Hello, and welcome back to Shut Up and Drink Your Juice. You're here with Paul Brunger. Hello. Rob Cowan. Hello. And Matt Bird. Hello. And I say you're here with us. I mean, clearly you're you're not here with us. You're you're where you are. Uh, in fact, I'm in in this particular instance not even here with us. I'm in a small apartment in the new west of Amsterdam, in in those Netherlandses. But so that, so that means it's, it's now, now shut up and drink your orange juice. It is. It is. It's now it's better for you. Better for you. It is better for you. So I'm here in Amsterdam, uh, Matt and Robert dialed in from over the sea, and we're approximately ready to bring you the usual mix of sarcasm, hatred, and that bit where we read the stuff off the front of the Women's Weekly magazines. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. Shall we, shall we do the papers? Yeah, let's have a, look, a quick look at some of the headlines. So, uh, pick me up this week, leading with Sweet, I lost 11 stone at the Pudding Factory. Also, uh, Curiosity nearly killed the cat. We'll be looking at some of these stories in more depth later. Chat Magazine, Couples Plea for Cash, Buyers a Baby. 68 pages for only uh, 88p. It's a very good deal. Loving Wife or Callous Killer, find out inside. I think that's actually one of those quizzes you can tick off, actually. Uh, Framed, <laughs> A Labour of Love. Real People Magazine, 100% true, you can win a Samsung telly. Butchered for not being blonde. That seems pretty strict policy there from this father. And jilted our wedding for a Harley. And then in a slightly different vein, we have Closer magazine, which, well, it's not quite in the same vein as the other ones. It's not about real people. It's about celebrities. We have somebody from Atomic Kitten talking about why she didn't marry someone that she didn't marry. And a controversial mum, not named. I'm not sure whether she is famous or not. But the controversial mum who says that she'll breastfeed her son until he's eight. Uh, Oh, sorry, no, I misread that. Until he's eight enough. Vanessa Feltz has said that she's going to breastfeed her grand uh, kid, hasn't she? Will she be lactating? Yeah, there's actually an article in one of those about um, her, her grandchild. Smashing. So that's, uh, that's the papers, Paul? I think we've also got uh, some of the Dutch papers here. So I've got uh, Invasive magazine who've gone with Whatever Happened to Edward Snowden's Beach Body? Here's some, some very unflattering snaps of him taken in his trunks at uh, Lazanaya Beach. What a fat bastard. I mean, he's living in exile under a load of death threats and he's done nothing for his health. He makes me physically sick. Chubber. Speaking of which, you uh, you might have noticed one popular title missing from today's paper review. I'm not talking about Heat Magazine, which is Hell's Newsletter, because we've never included that on the ground that it's absolutely morally repugnant. Uh, and if you give them money in exchange for it, you're now an accomplice to their crimes. Uh, I'm, in fact, talking about Now Magazine. They've tried really hard at the end of last year to break into the top three most bastardly publications with some good old-fashioned women hating, but it's it's been quite hard to understand what their target market is. It appears to be uh, non-consensual photos of women in bikinis, but it's a, it's a women's magazine. Uh, and there's a great caption next to each of them that says, They look minging. Mm, I think one of the reasons I've heard for people buying these is people are increasingly living in a world where they're surrounded by images of unachievable perfection. Uh, and undermining these famous people makes the first set of people feel better that they're not the same as those people who are the famous people, uh, which yeah, which is nice. Uh, and that's what they need. They're, think- they're sat there thinking, well, nothing I can ever do is going to make me as good as Kerry Katona. I'll never achieve that. And so what they really need is something to go wrong for Kerry Katona, and then for Kerry Katona to go bankrupt and have, have that hanging over her and her, her family and the people that care about her, and then for a little man to sort of slide up to her with his camera and just whisper to her, Kerry, Kerry, you're very fat. So, listeners, what's the most morally repugnant thing you've ever endorsed just to feel a bit better about yourselves? I mean, m- maybe you've got home from work one day, 
have a hard day, you know, one of those really bad ones, and uh, you go to the fridge to get yourself a glass of wine, and no, there's none there, and then your puppy walks in, and he's all happy to see you, and then he's so gorgeous, you look him in the eye, and he's smiling, but he doesn't understand, so you just kick him in the mouth. Just going back a second, can I just clarify who the current top three bastardly publications are? Would it be, well, obviously Heat, then uh, I would think the Daily Mail, and then... Uh, Top Gear Magazine. Top Gear Magazine. Of course it is, of course it Uh, is, yeah. And drink your juice. Uh, So I've just been checking out the latest transfer deadline news. I was on my phone. Uh, Apparently, someone's just seen Paolo Onechop. In a taxi to the Emirates Stadium. Yeah, it's all hotting up there. It's true, actually. I saw uh, Dino Baggio in a bin business in James's Park this morning. Yeah, and I heard that uh, Gabriel Batistuta has been spotted on a pogo stick within 300 yards of the Reebok Stadium. Well, we'll keep you up to date with all the transfer news that was the latest at the time of recording as we go on through the show. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. <laughs> I think it uh, it speaks volumes that people in you know across the world now seem genuinely stunned that we've got a nice pope. It does seem to fall into that uh, bracket of news stories where a footballer comforts a frightened mascot. Yeah, I think there's a reason that the phrase that people use for something that's self-evidently true is is the pope catholic and not does the pope guide the church in supporting society's most vulnerable people. Well, it's probably because that's a little bit more long-winded. Yeah, you can tell I wrote that bit, can't you? Yeah, it's, it's a bit like where the England team sacked their manager and looked to point their polar opposite. So are you suggesting that Pope Francis is the Sven Joran Eriksson to Pope Benedict's Kevin Keegan? I just don't think it will necessarily solve their problems, though. I mean, I'm not sure that 4-4-2 is the best formation for Catholic Church. Yeah, not enough quality left-wingers. They should probably just get Stuart Ripley in. Or Damien Duff, he's probably eligible. While we're on the football stuff, actually, also topical a few weeks ago when we were trying to think about things to talk about on Pretend Radio uh, was the sacking slash resignation of Michael Johnson from Football Association's uh, Inclusion Advisory Board because he said he detests gays. Uh, Or as the incident was actually reported, uh, he was this January, quote, revealed to have said that he detests gays, which makes it sound a little bit like they've done some... uh, some clever revealing of what happens with the waterfall on Sherlock, which I haven't seen, so you know, don't write in and spoil it. It was good work to catch him in the act of being awful, though. That's the sort of revelation you can only achieve with some really clever investigative journalism, so well done them. Uh, but how, how did they catch him, then? Uh, he said it on TV on the BBC's Big Questions in 2012. They've absolutely nailed him. Goes on the Big Questions, says gays are detestable, and a mere year later he has to resign from his role on an inclusion body in a sport criticised for not doing enough for inclusion. It just goes to show that the 110 hours per year of spiritual programme that the BBC is legally obliged to show is really well watched, worth the money, and entirely appropriate. Yeah, it's good that Michael Johnson really put the thought in, though. I mean, he's obviously taken a very considered position on inclusion. I mean, you can't just go including everyone willy-nilly. I mean, where would that get you? I think I know that one. It's a quality, isn't it? Yeah, I think the most interesting uh, thing about this is the reaction from the rest of the panel. I've not, uh, I've not heard what Graeme Lasseau thinks about it yet. We're doing very well uh, mentioning former Blackman players in this show. I sure would like to see if we can work some more in. <laughs> it would shear me up no end. Shearer me up no end. Oh, good. I've not. I haven't seen genuine. Have you got any more jokes? I'm really, I'm really enjoying you sharing them. I- with us. I know that's not a Blackman play, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> I think we're uh, David Dunn. Ole Gunnar, go on then. Golly Gunnar Solskjaer then. Thanks to David. <laughs> yeah, back from the grave just for a special appearance just there. 
no, I, have, I genuinely haven't heard what Graeme Lasso thinks about uh, the Michael jo- Johnson resignation thing. But my favourite comment on it that I have heard is from Heather Abatz, who's actually the chair of the inclusion board, who said, uh, quote... She's it's, the chair? She's, she's the chair. Uh, not a chair, the chair. Oh, right, gotcha. Uh, and she, so she said, it's unfortunate that Michael has decided to step down. Did she do it in that cynical tone of voice? I think it'd be better if she had. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's unfortunate that Michael's decided to step down, but he remains 100% behind the aims of the uh, Inclusion Advisory Board. And this he is someone we'll be speaking to regularly in future, which, you know, to me as an outsider, begs the question, what on earth are the aims of the Inclusion Advisory Board that he's 100% behind? Well... <laughs> It just so happens I've managed to get my hands on a top-secret copy of the aims of the Inclusion Advisory Board. How the hell did you do that? It was revealed to me on BBC's Sunday night primetime Songs of Praise back in November. Ah, I might have missed that when I was probably out. It's marked top-secret everything, but here we go with our rundown of the aims of the Inclusion Advisory Board. We should have some music to this. (laughs) We, We will, but we can't put it on yet. We've got to do it afterwards. But if you can imagine the music in your head, then uh, we can do... Uh, wow. Yeah. It'll be the, the top of the pops yeah. music, the, the, yeah. the Led Zeppelin. We could just do it like this, with this all the way through in the background. So Matt, you can provide the bed. Aim one, to promote all forms of diversity as long as they're ones that are clearly visible in a photograph. Aim two, to ensure there will always be a place in football for homophobes to advise the IAB in the face of extreme discrimination against them, even if they have to resign from the board proper because they get revealed a year ago on on national telly. And aim number three, install Nick Griffin as the FA chairman. Aim four, repatriate all foreigners or people with foreign-sounding names. And aim five, think of an easier word than repatriate that still means we can send them all back. Yeah, I think, uh, Michael, that was quite good, actually. Michael Johnson's just frustrated because he's now got the immigration rules have changed. He's probably going to get replaced by much cheaper diversity inclusion board members flooding into the country from Romania and Bulgaria. I mean, Romanians and Bulgarians, eh? What have they ever done for us? They can't really be any worse at inclusion than Michael Johnson, though, can they? It turns out that the real problem isn't Romanians or Bulgarians or Brits or Dutch people. It's just idiots. Idiots, yeah? And what have idiots ever done for us? Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. Anyway, uh, back into the papers, Rob? Yeah, back into the papers. So we had uh, the story here, Jilted, our wedding for a Harley. This is from Real People magazine. Essentially what happened here is a woman was about to spend £6,500 on her dream wedding, but her fiancé decided instead to spend that money on a Harley Davidson. It obviously (laughs) caused some tension. They have sorted it out now. And they are still going to get married. And I think he still has the Harley Davidson as well. So really, everyone's yeah. a winner. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, all all that this is demonstrated is that you can get married for less than £6,500. And actually, she'll have probably have a lovely day. She gets a wedding and he gets a Harley Davidson. Well, I think as well, if, you know, it's not fair. Why Why should she get her dream wedding? His his dream wedding is probably, yeah, exactly, just not to bother and, and get a motorbike. So he, that's that's his dream wedding. Who's Who's to stop him having that dream? Basically, it was the guy was just about was coming out of work one day with his like his wallet full of this money, 
and uh, his dad he went ran into his dad and his dad said oh you shouldn't be wasting all your money and you're on you're on, on weddings and stuff like that and it really annoyed him so much he thought yeah you know what i'm gonna do yeah you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go out and buy a motorbike uh and then he went out and bought a motorbike I, I like I like the idea that it's still going ahead. That she thinks he's not going to just keep doing stuff like this. Mm, apparently, there was a lot of groveling. Uh, he did a lot of groveling to get back in good books. But yeah, it's still going ahead. Well, what turns a woman on more than a grovelly man? That's you know, yeah, fair play. Ah, with a Harley Davidson. Exactly, it's a grovelly man with a Harley Davidson. It's a bit like Meatloaf when he says he'll do all the things for love, but he won't do that. He's kind of groveling during that, but he's got a motorbike. I'll do, I'll do anything for love, but I will also spend all of our money on a Harley Davidson. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. For a long time I thought that Meatloaf's silver black phantom bike was actually him saying that he will be a silver black fan all night. <laughs> Which never really made much sense, because he's American yeah. and I don't think Blind Dirt transferred like that. Having a look at Real Life magazine now. Sorry, Pick Me Up magazine, the best. Uh, but it's in the Real Life section of Pick Me Up magazine. Uh, we've got Shut Your Cake Hole. Aileen silenced her critics by losing 11 stone. While working in a pudding factory, this is uh, Aileen Thau from Ockenbly in Aberdeenshire. She's 25. Uh, she dropped from size 30 down to size 12, despite working in a pudding factory. I, I actually don't think that's all that surprising. I think if you work in a pudding factory, you probably won't eat that many puddings. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I think you probably, I think they probably look for that in a pudding factory employee, don't you? You probably want the ones who are who are literally going to eat the least pudding straight off the production line. As Pick Me Up magazine says, she's gone from lardy to size 12 lovely. That's charming, that is it. I like I like the way they've done a, a, what is in theory a nice story about her and still thrown in words like lardy. That's very nice, just what everyone wants to hear. And then uh, Real People magazine uh, is leading with this story here about uh, a bank job where it crash landed into a Barclays. She uh, was get- walking on a roof above a Barclays because she lives above a Barclays and uh, she was feeding her cat and she tripped and fell through a skylight. And then she thought, oh, it's a bit annoying. I'm bleeding quite heavily here. Um, I should probably phone the ambulance because it's a Sunday and no one's going to be coming into Barclays because it's a Sunday. So um, she survived. Yeah, and she's up and about. There's a, there's a few there's a few important points to take from this. One is that she stood on, on, a, on a glass window and was somewhat surprised that it... it it shattered and she fell into the bank below it. Uh, but, I mean, important point she makes here is that her main worry, as she lay there in Barclays bleeding, uh, was that her cat Phoebe would be left alone. Always thinking about the animals first. Yeah, where, where, where was she in the cat feeding process there? Was that... Not really sure. I don't think the cat started eating her or anything like that. Because it, it, it could have been on its own and hungry. Yeah, cats cope though, don't they? They're pretty resilient. Yeah, just probably... To be honest, the cat probably weakened the glass window to get her out of the picture to get free access to the presumably already out of the cupboard box of cat food. Ho, 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 hang on, hang on. Hang on a second. So whilst there's a starving cat upstairs, it's the fat cats of Barclays downstairs. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. Yeah. There's a feature in in, uh, in this Real People magazine called Eye Bombing. And I think, it doesn't actually say how you can be a part of it. Presumably you send in eyes and uh, I, I would I would hope you'd get paid a cash prize for uh, for having them post whoa 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 sorry I, I... You, you send in your eyes sorry you send in your pictures of eyes so you take little googly eyes oh, and you pi- stick them pictures on pictures of eyes okay yeah and you stick them on things that don't already have eyes but may look like faces were you to add eyes to them so number one is um a post box so you got the slot is already a mouth and in fact the little the little slot where you put the uh the second postcard 
either side of that they've they've put a, a couple of little googly eyes. Uh, this looks like it's from a, a European supermarket, looking at the typeface. They've attached some googly eyes to the end of a, a cooked sausage to make it, it look like a face. Someone else has attached some googly eyes to a rock. Uh, that one's quite simple. <laughs> Here's a drain pipe uh, that's iced up, and uh, the bottom of the drain pipe is, is representing the mouth, and above that, a couple of googly eyes. And finally, someone, and they've, they've used no fewer than five pairs of googly eyes here, and added them very carefully to used cigarette butts. In fact, they've attached them to the end that that would have been in the other person's mouth. So they've gone into an ashtray and they've rooted around with the germ-ridden butts of cigarettes to attach googly eyes to send it into a Real People magazine. Well, I think that's worth taking up smoking for. I, this is the most fun I've ever had, uh, listening to someone to just dis- dis- describe the addition of googly eyes to objects on the radio. Listeners, if you if you have not got access to your own googly eyes or or a vast stock of real eyes, as I initially thought this story was about. Just just imagine, just think of some things and uh, name them, perhaps out loud, and say, with some googly eyes. Cups. Yeah, that's a good one, cups. With some googly eyes. Matt is, uh, is near some cups, for those of you who are wondering where we get our ideas from. Dishwasher, with some googly eyes. What about if you put them on your, if you closed your eyes and put them, put a googly eye on each eyelid? Don't be mental. Yeah, the, the rules were, Rob, that it's something that doesn't already have eyes, and people do. What if they're not functioning eyes? Like a mole? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I would be up for seeing some googly eyes stuck to a mole. I think I'm in favour of yeah. that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think so too, yeah. yeah. Shut up, just shut up, shut up, shut up. And drink your juice. OK, are we, are we ready for a few hints and tips? I am all. Please. That's what I've been waiting for the whole show is to do hints and tips. Okay, this is from Chat Magazine. If you want to make something prettier, and this applies equally to people and inanimate objects, if you want to make something prettier, you can uh, stick buttons to them. So this is Chloe Bitters from Elgin, who's written in to say uh, that she's prettied up. That's her her phraseology, not mine. I prettied up my plain chest of drawers by sticking on all sorts of buttons, and there is an image here, and her chest of drawers is now. The same chest of drawers, but with some buttons stuck onto it. So thank you, Chloe, for that was one. It, was it like an ottoman? Was it a really antique set of drawers? It's, it's hard to tell from the picture, but it, but it could be an antique chest of drawers uh, that's been actually ruined by the addition of, of buttons. But uh, fortunately, the picture has been captioned uh, with the word pretty, just to take any, just to clarify the matter <laughs> uh, for any, any, that's uh, good. That's good. any readers who don't want to form their own opinions about that. I'd like to think more galleries could work on that basis. I'd like to be told what I I could be told what to think when I go to the next go to the Van Gogh Museum over here. I could I could go and it would say yeah yeah you know pretty under some of the pictures. Or if you go to here one with a Jackson Pollock picture, that could say shite. Another tip here. This is sent in to us by Lisa Wright from Wellington. So do we pretend that these have been sent in to us? Or I think we've already given the game away by describing it as being in Chat Magazine. I can't, I can't remember what we used to do seven years ago. We'll have to check check the archive. I think I think we did pretend that they were, were for us. All right. Well, anyway, no. Lisa Wright from Wellington in Somerset. From this moment on, yeah. Lisa Wright from Wellington in Somerset has written in uh, with a very handy hint. She says, if you want to keep your cookery books clean, cover the pages with cling film. <laughs> Every page. <laughs> Manually laminates. <laughs> I think just the ones you're using, she suggests. Oh, okay. And then presumably after okay. the cooking's finished, you, you you take it. It's not a bad idea, actually. And it's tw- don't, you get don't go giving it legitimacy now when we've just laughed at it. I'm just thinking, actually, we could probably listen back to some of the podcasts from seven years ago, identify some of the hints and tips from there, and then send them in to chat, pick me up, and, and so on, and claim £25 a piece. 
because they're not going to remember. That's the greatest money-making scheme I think I've ever heard. What I particularly like about it is the implication that we we would need to cheat to think of an idea that's good enough to send in for £25 to take a break magazine. Be- yeah, and, and bearing in mind that the, the, the benchmark here for success is sticking buttons to things to make them look nicer. Things and people, you said. <laughs> Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I've got a, a, a serious money-making idea here. We could make money from two different pages from two different magazines. We could attach googly eyes to buttons and then attach those to things. Think, things and people. This is a snazzy little little tip sent in to us by Tina Williams from Valley in Gwent. She says, Create colourful bookmarks by cutting old greetings cards into strips. Also, I can, I can recommend, and this is in addition to this, uh, you can also create colourless bookmarks by cutting paper into strips. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, my favourite tips are the ones that our uh, dedicated listeners do send in, talking about things like bookmarks and paperweights, that the only purpose of which is to be an object that occupies some space. Turn, turn thing into glamorous paperweight by allowing its continued existence. I think that's, very, that's my favourite kind of tip. It's very much downcycling, isn't it? It's, it's an example of, of taking something and, and it following its natural path towards being something less complex. In this case, a bookmark. Like a Fabergé egg. I don't know how you'd make a bookmark out of that. Well, maybe it's a paperweight. Oh, yeah, OK. Maybe you could stick some buttons to it. So, Matt, do you have some hints and tips for us? Similar sort of thing as buttons. It was Jenny from Huddersfield. She got some grease splashes on her dress. So to get over it, she's sewn some buttons on her dress and she's now got like a brand new dress. She's sewn the buttons on over the grease splashes. It now looks like she's got a brand new dress. I've got some more hints sent to us here. If honey is crystallised, carefully stand the container on the lid of a pan as it's boiling. It'll only take a couple of minutes for runny honey again. I've actually, actually, I've tried that and that's crap. I've put, I put a thing in some hot water, a thing of honey that had crystallised. I do that it, as well. It doesn't really work. Oh, I found it works. You're not doing it properly, Paul. Oh. Here's another example of some, uh, some downcycling. Once my child's baby clothes were no longer needed, I cut them into segments to make this cuddly star cushion. So this is Chloe Le- Kevin from Liverpool who sent us an image of a... Uh, terrifying looking cushion it looks like a, a, an evil starfish uh, that's made out of her child's old clothes with a teddy bear on one arm and if she's got any bits left over she could use those as bookmarks good idea or she could sew it on dresses or, or on chest of drawers or attach eyes to it mm. quite right here's a tip for all those people who have windows but would prefer to have a wall uh, in that space instead this is actually <laughs> tip of the week from us uh, it was sent in to us from Paul Webb in North Wales he said spray a film of water over your window and while it's damp Cover with bubble wrap, cut to size, bubble side towards glass, and it will make great winter insulation. So what you're going to be left with there, apart from the inevitable mould that will develop over the winter, you're going to be left with a window that you can no longer see through. So uh, he needs to be asking himself, should he brick up his windows? That's my question to you, Paul Webb in North Wales. (laughs) Bricks do make very good insulation. I find when my house is, is now made of bricks, that is much more insulation than that was just air. Irene Hickson from Christchurch has actually sent us no fewer than five hints this week. Is that £125 then? We've got, we've got to give them. No, they, they're considered to be five short tips. Uh, so we're just going to send a one lot of £25 for it. So £5 each. Oh, we've, we've played that very cleverly, haven't we? We're hoping this doesn't go to court, but there is small print, which we'll deliver at the end of the podcast. Number one, healthy snack. Buy big bags of dried fruit and put into small pots for kids' lunchboxes. So that is, take something that is sold in bulk and eat it in small portions instead of eating it all at once. Number two, steam clean. Add a few drops of aftershave to the water in your iron to give clothes a lovely fresh smell. In reverse, if, you, if you're ironing for somebody you don't like, have a little wee 
enter the iron first. Not not entirely. We top it up with water. That way the smell will just be subtle and will come out over the course of the day and their colleagues will, will be repulsed. Number three, this is uh, roll with it. Put an empty, clean beer bottle on the floor and roll it under the soles of your feet. Apparently that is fab for tired tootsies. I, I think, to be honest, that just, that just smacks of looking for the silver lining to your your dirty house to me that's... yeah <laughs> leave it no but she's cleaned the beer bottle so she she's emptied it presumably orally and then cleaned out the beer bottle and then put it on her on the floor and just she sits there rolling it backwards and forwards why 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 bother i, I think that's gilding the lilies to be honest i think that's already a great idea i don't think you need to bother putting cleaning into it no wonder she's got tired toes if she spends all the time cleaning all the bottles that's ridiculous yeah and no wonder she needs to add aftershave because she's probably got beer all over the floor because i doubt she really does clean it Again, that's, I think, a health and safety edition from uh, Pick Me Up magazine. Uh, sorry, from us. Curly Whirly, warm eyelash curlers with a hairdryer, but don't make them too hot, and they'll super curl lashes. I can't really comment on that. I've never tried curling my eyelashes. You should, it's good. And finally, put three parts vinegar and one part water in a spray bottle, spray over car windows at night, and they'll be ice-free in the morning. Uh, so there's that's always a tip, isn't there? There's always a tip that comes in that is solved by some application of either vinegar or onions to something that you don't really... I think we can certainly combine that tip as well with the insulation tip and just, just stick bubble wrap all of all your car windows and leave it there. You won't really be able to see, but your windows <laughs> will be uh, ice-free. Yeah, it, yeah you, you wouldn't be able to see anyway with the ice, so to be honest, yeah, I think that's completely legit. I think antifreeze may be cheaper than vinegar. So I would suggest instead using aftershave rather than mixing vinegar and water. But who am I? Aftershave, did you just say? Yeah, I thought you did. Anti, antifreeze, sorry, not aftershave. Because anti, antifreeze is cheaper than vinegar. But oh, I, hang on, I've... hang on. I've been putting antifreeze in the iron. Aftershave on, on my windows. No, my chips. So what have I been putting on the car? While Rob ponders that, I thought we'd move on a little bit with the show. Uh, we don't want to use up all of our uh, tips that have been... been kindly and preemptively sent in by by listeners all across they, ha- the they haven't been preemptively sent in they've been sitting in a drawer since 2007 oh so do they all still work then i i think some of them aren't compatible with the second decade actually of the of this century uh, we'll have to we'd have to check some of them one or two of them i think need a firmware upgrade particularly the buttons yeah that's probably true well we'll get right on that and, we'll, uh, and, uh, the, we'll and the, the, the insulation only works with windows 7 <laughs> very good shut up just shut up shut up and drink your juice. Well, that's almost the end of the first new episode of Shut Up and Drink Your Juice. Just before we go, there's there's just time for a quick look at my invention of the week. I wondered what you had under that big sheet. That's right. For each show, I'll be giving you, the listener, a sneak preview of my latest Dragon's Den entry. So, Rob, uh, what have you got for us this week? A dog umbrella. Oh. Thanks, thanks for everyone for tuning in. This podcast will be available to to download or to stick buttons onto sometime at uh, uh, some point after now. Except if you're listening to it, it's sometime before now because that's it's the time difference. Because I'm over here is what causes that. It's, it has made it extremely difficult actually having that time difference. That everything we've had to say, we've had to say exactly an hour before, an hour after you, uh, and then we're going to sync it up afterwards. So. You may yeah, hear a yeah. small time delay in, in, in the playback of this podcast, but trust me, it's nothing compared to the one-hour delay that we've been suffering uh, by both agreeing to start this podcast at exactly 4pm. And, and also to let you know, we actually, as it's taken so long to do this, uh, we actually started this back in 2008. It's true. It wasn't, it wasn't a deliberate absence. It's starting to feel like it. <laughs> on, on that bombshell, uh, thank you for tuning in to Shut Up and Drink Your Orania Juice. We've been uh, Paul Brunger. Hello. Goodbye. Rob Cowan. Hello, goodbye. 
and Matt Bird. Hello and goodbye. See you in 2018.